Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. We are so blessed at Easter and there's so many, so many symbols, so many reasons, um, or, you know, things around that we, we look at and they point to, to Jesus. Last Thursday here at this school, we had an Easter service uh, where we were looking at, um, you know, the gospel. What is the gospel? What are, we, what are we doing? And I rung, some of you would know Craig Carter, who's a part of this church and a teacher at this school. And I said to him, Craig, do you mind if I spray you with sauce? And Craig is a good sport. He's like, oh, no, nah, go for it. So I got him up and we had the white T-shirt and talking about the, the white robes that God makes things good and sin is like sauce and it stains us. So I started spraying him with sauce all over his head and wiping that all over him and saying, well, we can't get rid of it ourselves. And then Jesus came up with a white T-shirt and took that off and put it on top of Craig. And we were like, yes, he sets us free and makes us clean. And it was great. Fun, a great opportunity to gather with the school community and talk about the gospel. And as I was thinking over the course of these last couple of weeks about what to bring on Easter Sunday, it occurred to me that we have, this is our sixth Easter Sunday as a church of Hills Baptist Verdun. Six years old, our sixth Easter. And I was like, how good is that? That God has just been so faithful in what He has done, the way He's grown us, the way He's challenged us, stretched us, strengthened us. And here we are six years later, just a testimony of His faithfulness and His goodness. And I started, I thought to myself, well, what have I preached before? Like, what have I said before at Easter? Because I always want to bring something new, you know? Like something that I just love doing is diving into the Scripture, jumping into the text, looking around that text and saying, all right, God, what, like, what do you wanna show me that I've never seen before, that people have never seen before? What, like, what's new? And I, I went back and I realised that I've only actually ever preached once on Easter Sunday at this church. Because every other time I've been preaching at an Easter camp or we've been combined or in lockdown, COVID, whatever it has been, I've only ever preached once on Easter Sunday, I was like, oh great, I can take something new. And then I started to think, well, what's new about the Easter story? Like, what can I say that people haven't heard before? And I was just sitting there, God, what's new? What's new? What's the the message for this morning? What do you want me to say to your people? What is that thing that's gonna captivate them? And I started to stress about it because I like day went and then the next day and then the next day and I'm like, I still don't have it. I don't have the, what is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? Still nothing. And I'm starting to freak out going, I've got to say something. And I was sitting there towards the back end of this week And just felt like the Lord just put upon my heart and said, Dave, the whole story is new. The whole story is special. The whole story is unexpected. You can never plummet depths, but you don't have to try and come up with some special creative construct or of how Easter should be portrayed, but actually just let the Word do its work. Just let the beauty of this story speak for itself. 
And so that's what we're going to do this morning. That's what we did on Friday. And this morning, we're going to look from Matthew chapter 27, 28, and we'll jump through the different Gospels in a message I'm titling, An Unexpected Power. An Unexpected Power. Matthew 27, from verse 62, says this, The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver, speaking of Jesus, said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. Take your guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal, everyone say seal, on the stone and posting the guard. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. What an image. Hey, church. Rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. Just as he said he would. Come and see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them, greetings, which is such a fantastic thing for Jesus to say in that moment. I've been crucified. I've been in a tomb. Greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This story is so incredible. And friends, here's what I want us to pick up this morning. I want you with me to dive in. And I want us to look around. And as we look around, I want us to realise that there's going to be a whole lot of different people that enter the story. And each and every one of them have a different response to Jesus. Each and every one of them have a different response to the empty tomb. Some seek to secure the tomb. Some seek to close it up. Some seek to ignore it. Others investigate. Others pursue it. Everyone responds differently to this moment because this moment is unexpected. We, as the church, the Western church in the year 2022 have heard this story over and over and over again. Some of you sitting in this room, this is like your 
65th Easter. You have heard this over and over and over again. And it is so easy for us to sit at this story and just read it and forget that it is extraordinary. That these events are unexpected. You came here expecting Easter eggs. You came here expecting to sing some songs about the fact that He's risen. You came here expecting some joy. That's not what Mary and Mary and Salome and Joanna thought or expected when they were walking to the tomb. They're carrying spices, it tells us, that they're walking to the tomb with spices after the Sabbath. The reason is because Jesus, when He was taken down from the cross, the whole process to get Him in the tomb was so quick because the next day was the Sabbath, clearly that the actual preparations for burial weren't quite finished. And so these women are coming along expecting, someone say expecting, to prepare Jesus' body finally and officially for burial. They are coming expecting death. And yet as they walk along the road, as they arrive at the tomb, they see something completely unexpected. And the first thing that they see, I wanna just bring out a few things of these unexpected realities that they see. The first one that jumped out to me as I sat in this story is they see an unexpected appearance. What they see, friends, is an angel seated on a stone. They came expecting death. What they got was an angel seated on a stone. Why? Why an angel? Why not Jesus? Why not Jesus just standing there, just being like, greetings? (laughs) Why do they come and see the angel? And as I, I looked at this and I started thinking about the times when angels came to God's people, it's funny because isn't an angel actually bookends Jesus' whole life and ministry? The angel came to give word to Mary and Joseph, and now here's Mary again. And who comes? An angel. You see, there's something about the fact that God, when He has a message, God, this important message about the Messiah to Mary, the mother of Jesus, He sends the angel. He sends the angel. And the reason the angel has come is not to release the risen Christ from the grave because the risen Christ doesn't need releasing. He'll just walk straight through that stone. Now, the reason the angel has come is not to release the risen Christ. It's actually to welcome in the witnesses. Because if those soldiers were still there and not just being like, by the presence of the angel, those women wouldn't be allowed there. And yet because the angel comes and floors the guards and is just sitting cross-legged, I like to picture them cross-legged on the stone, just reclining. The women can walk right in. Like there's this unexpected appearance which actually brings the women into the story that says, hey, 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 I've got something to show you. It's completely unexpected. It's not what you came here for. It's amazing. But more than that, he's seated on the stone. Have you ever thought about what the stone represents? Stone represents man's authority and power, like this idea that, well, we wanna stop this deceiver from possibly getting any message out there that he's risen. So do you know what we'll do? 
will seal the tomb with a stone. That'll keep him in. That'll keep him in and that'll keep them out. This is our way of saying, uh uh-uh, the message, the story ends right here. But the angel not only rolls the stone away, but he sits down on the stone. What does it look like when someone is at complete peace, complete authority, complete power? What does a king do when they ascend the throne? They sit on the throne. What did the queen do when she ascended the throne? She sat on the throne. What is Jesus doing right now? Sitting on the throne. Thank you, Benji. Jesus is seated. This is the whole message that the angel there, this appearing, the angel isn't stressed or flustered. The angel isn't still at work. No, the angel is seated. The job is done. When Jesus said it's finished, he meant it's finished. It's finished. It doesn't matter what human beings try and do. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do to keep the gospel from going forth into all the earth. Uh Uh-uh, it's done. And all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Christ. The fact that the stone has been rolled away, He is Lord of all. Nothing will stop the gospel from advancing on the earth, friends. Nothing. Not the plans of men, not wars of men and women, not anything. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because there is an empty tomb. Because there's an empty tomb. Because that stone has been rolled away and the work is done. That's why they see an angel because he's declaring, friends, the war is over. The war is over and Jesus is Lord of all. Amen? Jesus is Lord of all. Second thing that they see that are caught in this story is that they actually, this angel is proclaiming this glorious, unexpected promise. Go with me to Colossians chapter two. Colossians two, which we hinted at on Friday night, but I wanna just spend a moment in right now. Colossians two, 14 and let's go from 13. Paul writing says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. The next, this is what they see with the stone being rolled away. It's like the walls of Jericho all over again. You know what I mean? This is, this is the impenetrable space between God and man, the impenetrable uh, barrier between what we think is possible and what God wants to achieve tumbling down. And it brings them back to that unexpected promise right from the beginning of time in the book of Genesis, when the curse happens, that the serpent will strike at the hill. You know what I'm talking about? The serpent will strike at the hill, but that someone, the sun, will come and crush its head. And in this moment, there's this, this, they came expecting death. But what they're reminded of is the promise that God will achieve what He set out to achieve. Yeah? That... He who began a good work will what? See it to completion. 
It's the unexpected promise that they'd forgotten about. It was to come back and remember the promise that Jesus is doing what He said He would do, that it was always a part of His plan. Let's go. Keep Matthew 25, 28, let's jump back into it. It was always a part of His plan. You see, they'd forgotten that somewhere along the way. They'd forgotten No matter how many times He told him, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as He said. Come and see where He lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples just as He said. This was always a part of the plan. I wonder if sometimes in our lives, we need to come back to the empty tomb. Sometimes in our lives when we're going through things, when life is difficult, when life is challenging, when all we feel like we're doing is just the mundane walking towards death. We've got the spices in our hands and we're thinking, well, this situation is helpless. This situation is hopeless. God's not here. God's not moving. Where is He? I had this promise, but He hasn't come through. I wonder if you need to in that moment go with the women and return to the, earth, the, the empty tomb. Because at the empty tomb, what you realise is that God's promise to you is that behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. The promise of God is that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so if you are feeling like God has let you down, come back to the promise. The women felt like all hope was lost, but they are reminded of the fact that this was always His plan, just as He said, come back to what He said. I know you were caught up in the miracles. I know you were caught up in the emotion. I know things were great for a while there and then it got real crazy and all this stuff happened over the weekend. But come back to what He said. What did He say? What did He say He was gonna do? You thought He was gonna be a military leader. You thought you had your plans in mind. Now the Messiah is gonna be this guy who gets up there and, destroys Rome and brings Israel back to its rightful glory and all of that. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring Israel back to its rightful glory, but not how you think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it as according to the promise to Abraham that he will be a blessing to all nations, that the Gentiles will be engrafted and I will establish a kingdom that is not an earthly kingdom, but a kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. That's been my plan from day one and it's what I've achieved in the purposes of Jesus Christ. And the empty tomb reminds us that all hope is not lost just because you feel lost. But we are a part of what He has always been doing. And friends, that brings us hope because it's not actually just about me and my situation right now. It is about him and his situation right now, which is that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's not nervous. And he's not stressed about the state of the world. He's not flustered and he's not concerned. He's glorious and he's risen and he's wonderful and he's mighty to tear down strongholds. And he is Lord. And because the tomb is empty and because He is Lord, that means He has you and your situation. So come back to the empty tomb. Come back to the empty tomb and be reminded 
of His promise and His goodness and His plan for humanity. Number four, and we're almost done. From verse eight, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell His disciples. Suddenly Jesus said, greetings. They came to Him, clasped His feet and worshipped Him. And then Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go to Galilee. You know what Galilee was? Galilee was the place of ministry. That was the place where Jesus went, where He was doing ministry. Go and tell my brothers. The women came for a burial. What did they get? They got a mission. They got a commission. They got to go. They got an unexpected purpose. They came to prepare the body for death and they left with a message. Someone came this morning, I don't know where you're at, I don't know what's going on in your world, but you came without a purpose, without that sense of mission, without that sense of calling, you're just going through the motions. Today, you leave with purpose. Today you leave reminded that you are co-heirs with Christ. Come on, somebody. Co-heirs with Christ. That you have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. That we come to the cross as sinners, but we leave the empty tomb as saints. Saints. That's what Paul calls us. Saints that we are with Christ, that we are, the old is gone. We are dead to sin. We've been made alive in Christ, that we have a mission. We have a new purpose. Go and tell the brothers. Go and tell people this good news. It's good news. Do we believe it's good news, friends? Church, do you believe it's good news? Do we tell people about it? Yeah. It's good news. Therefore, we have a mission. We have a purpose. And the purpose is go and tell the brothers. Go to Galilee. Go to that place of ministry. It's not just my job. It's not just Mary's job. It's not just Robin's job. No, no, it is the church. You have been brought into the body. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you come to this cross and you don't lay down your life, and you are found in that empty tomb. You are a minister of the gospel. You have been given purpose. Women were the last possible people you would expect to be given this purpose. This is how we know this is true. Just one of the many, many reasons how you know this story is true. Because anybody writing in, you know, in this culture at this time, there is no way that you entrust it to a woman. You just don't do that because a woman was the lowest and the least, uneducated, like people just wouldn't believe them. And yet that's not God. God is an upside down kingdom kind of God. God is the kind of God who says, do you know how I'm gonna bring about my kingdom? Through a cross and an empty tomb. I'm not gonna come on horses with swords and destroy things. No, I'm gonna take the sword. I'm gonna go to the cross. I'm gonna rise again from the cross. I'm gonna establish an upside down kingdom that's gonna transfer, transform the world. And I'm gonna raise up a people to go and be my voice, a people of purpose. 
And as you come here today, church, as we gather this Easter Sunday, we gather to celebrate, to praise, to give Him glory. But most importantly, we gather that we might be filled with power from on high and go into all the world to make disciples of all nations. Because it's good news. It's the Gospel. Good news. The band, you can come up, but I ask you this morning, what's in your hands today? Put yourself right there next to the women. Just take a moment. If you've got to close your eyes, do it. Just wherever you are, put yourself right here with the women. What's in your hands right now? Are you carrying burial spices? Are you in that place where you're feeling like, oh, I once hoped in this. I once hoped in this guy. I, you know, I was once excited about what he could be, what I thought he would be. The power that I thought he carried, the vision that I hoped he had. But now all I got is burial spices. Or do you see the empty tomb? And I can't help but picture, this isn't the Bible, this is just my imagination, but I can't help but picture they dropped those spices and they picked up a little bit of that stone. And as they ran back to the disciples to say, look, we don't know what the heck is going on, but he's not in there. And then all of a sudden, there's Jesus. Greetings. A better translation of that is actually, peace be with you. Shalom. My kingdom come. And in that moment, it says that they, confused, afraid, but full of joy, fall down, clasp His feet and worship. And it's almost as if in the other hand, that's where they pick up their mission. Do you believe? Do you see it? Have you encountered Him? Have you been captivated by that empty tomb? Have you been captivated by our risen Lord? If you haven't, He's here right now to meet you by the power of His Spirit. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. You know what I said at the beginning, all those people who reacted differently, Peter wondered. It says that he wondered when he saw these things. What did Thomas do? He doubted. He needed evidence. The women were afraid, but also filled with joy. Do you know what it says in John chapter 20 about John? He calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. He also brags about the fact that he was faster than Peter, but also humble enough to let Peter in the tomb first. Funny story, read it. But of John, it says he saw and believed. Believed, pisteo in the Greek, meaning to commit unto a conviction. Do you know what Thomas got? He got evidence. If you need evidence today, there's evidence. There's evidence. 
Go, research, explore, dive in. You'll find what you're looking for. Thomas ended up being a missionary, (laughs) declaring the Gospel. Do you know what the women got? Purpose. Do you know what Peter got? Reconciliation. He walked along, he went for a walk on the beach with Jesus and he got his mission, but more than that, he got his reconciliation. He realised that actually his future is not determined by his past, his future is determined by the empty tomb. And what he needed was simply Jesus to say, go, I've got you, I've called you, you have worth and value because I have done the work on your account. It is finished, now go. Do you need reconciliation? Receive it this morning at the empty tomb. I don't know what you need, but there's something for every single person in this glorious gospel. Each different person responds in a different way because Jesus knows what they need and He meets that need that they might go. Church, this Easter Sunday, when we leave this room, can I encourage each and every one of you? Yep, go and have Easter eggs. Go and eat a great feast or whatever it is that you're gonna do. Laugh, celebrate, play games, all of that. But before you put your head on the bed, do me a favour, open the Scripture. Open the Scripture, sit with this story, let the Lord minister to you. And like those women, drop the burial spices and go in the power of His might and tell the brothers, have a new conviction. And as we close, let me finish with Romans 1. Why did Paul have this conviction? Why did he run in this purpose? From verse 16 or verse 15. This is why I'm so eager to preach the Gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel because it is the what? It's the what? The power, everyone say power, of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of the Gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The last thing these ladies got was power from on high because they encountered the Gospel. The Gospel is the power of God. This mission is not reliant on your strength or your intellect or your eloquence or your capacity. It is reliant upon His power and our empty hands. That's it. Drop the burial spices and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm gonna go where You call me. And His power will be at work in our feeble mortal bodies to bring eternal resurrection life to all who would believe. It's good news, church, amen? It's good news. Stand to your feet. It's good news. And we're gonna celebrate that today. And we're gonna go in the strength of His might because we don't leave with the cross. We leave with the empty tomb. We leave in victory. We leave in victory. We leave in victory because Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of of Lords. Loving Heavenly Father, I thank You that You are risen from the grave. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank You that what we come with 
is nothing, but what we leave with is power. The power of God made manifest in the children of God for the purpose of God that others might believe. And Lord, I pray for each person here as we leave this week that we would leave with hearts full of faith, hearts full of believing, that we would know that the evidence is there. We would know this hope, that we would know the love and the joy and the mercy, that we would know You more dearly, that we would walk with You more nearly, Lord God. Father, that we would leave here with assurance of faith. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. And the kingdom is here. Hallelujah. We praise You in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.